0: Hi, I'm Jesse. Let's continue in our journey through the book of Acts. Paul is on trial now before Festus. It was Felix, now it's Festus. And the crux of Festus's understanding of Paul's case really comes down to the resurrection of Jesus. Here is Acts, chapter 25, verse 13. Several days later, after Paul appealed to go, to, go before Caesar, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived in Caesarea and paid a courtesy call on Festus. Since they were staying there several days, Festus presented Paul's case to the king, saying, there's a man who was left as a prisoner by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews presented their case and asked that he be condemned. I answered them that it is not the Roman custom to give someone up before the accused faces the accusers and has an opportunity for a defense against the charges. So when they had assembled here, I did not delay. The next day I took my seat at the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought in. The accusers stood up, but brought no charge against him of the evils I was expecting. Instead, they had some disagreements with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus, a dead man Paul claimed to be alive. That's Paul's right here. These two figures that have arrived on the scene are King Agrippa and Bernice. If If uh, secular historical sources are accurate, this is actually a brother and sister who are romantically involved. So it's some gross intrigue surrounding them, but we know that these are historical figures they've arrived on the scene and Festus is explaining to them that he, he tried to hear out exactly what was going on. These Jews were pretty adamant about accusing Paul, but you know it's not the Roman custom. Right? He gets the chance to face his accusers and make a defense. And when they do make their accusation, it's just like a bunch of Star Wars fans arguing about Jar Jar Binks. It's just a bunch of it's, it's a Jews arguing about Jewish law. And But what it came down to was this certain Jesus. I actually, I, I love that. A certain Jesus, a dead man whom Paul claimed was alive. To call Jesus a dead man is wholesale to denounce Christianity. We'll talk more about that later. Now, Festus continues his explanation to Agrippa and Bernice. This is verse 20. Since I was at a loss and a dispute over such things, I asked him if he wanted to go to Jerusalem and be tried there regarding these matters. But when Paul appealed to be held for trial by the emperor, I ordered him to be kept in custody until I could send him to Caesar. Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow you will hear him, he replied. So now Agrippa has been given this kind of flyover of Paul's case and now Paul is before Agrippa. This is verse 23. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice, they're always named together. I know it's gross, but here they are. Came with great pomp and entered the auditorium with the military commanders and prominent men of the city. When Festus gave the command, Paul was brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all men present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has appealed to me concerning him, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he should not live any longer. I found that he had not done anything deserving of death, but when he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. I have nothing definite to write to my Lord about him. Therefore, I brought him before all of you and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after this examination is over, I may have something to write, for it seems unreasonable to me to send a prisoner without indicating the charges against him." So Agrippa and Bernice enter with great pomp. The original Greek text here actually is the root from where we get the word fantasy. It's it's all show. There's no real authority here. Uh, I mean, the dude is crazy. And it's all just out of a sense of entitlement and the need to appear important. He's meddling in and he's arranged for another hearing that still is not going to bring any other evidence forth. It's not going to prove anything else, but here's what it will provide. Another opportunity for Paul to publicly share the gospel. Imagine this site, if you will, and imagine it from God's point of view. Fail to do so because our sin-stained minds cannot conceive of, of the Perfection of the timeless one, but attempt nonetheless for the sake of understanding the text better. Bernice and Agrippa think themselves very important. Festus perhaps thinks himself rather important, but to his credit he's done the legal right thing here. There's no reason to condemn this man to death. He has appealed to Caesar I'm sending him to Caesar. He has nothing to write though, and now here comes. Bernice and Agrippa. Do you know who's really in charge here? or sovereign God. God's not impressed with Agrippa's pomp and circumstance. He is not the least bit impressed with all of the regalia and all of the words of flattery. Have you seen all the flattery that takes place in these trials? It, when Tertullus, the lawyer, was trying to make his defense before Felix, Oh, man, he he lauded this guy with praise his history would show that he would later be removed from office because he was incompetent. And the same thing would come up later. Felix and Festus would not do very well trying to mitigate these disputes between Jews and Gentiles. And and all of this is all of this is meaningless. Like the historical record would have nothing more to tell us about these guys. The only thing that we really know historically about Agrippa was that he had an incestuous relationship with his sister for crying out loud. Like that's the guy who's now going to judge Paul, the apostle It's absurd. Paul knew this and he kept a level head. He knew that the emperor wears no clothes, if you will. He knew that Agrippa and Bernice, they don't have the final say in his life. They may have a giant caravan and lots of pomp and lots of circumstance, but none of that means a thing. He answers before the real king. He's appealed to see Caesar to tell Caesar about the one true king, and that's Jesus. Don't be thrown off by the mob's desire to to fall prey to the pomp and the circumstance. Remember that it all comes down to the resurrection of Jesus. Hold to that without wavering, Christian. Here, Festus has kind of denounced Christ by describing him as a dead man. But Paul will nonetheless adhere to his testimony for the resurrection of Jesus and not Felix, not Festus, not Agrippa, not Bernice, not even Nero to come, would have any effect on Paul's testimony in the resurrected Jesus. Now, here we sit, years later, centuries later, we know whose testimony outlived the others. We know whose legacy really matters. It's a common trick to say, be on the right side of history, but you don't get to control what side of history you're on. Everyone who's ever sinned has done so thinking he would likely be on the right side of history. Very few would do outright despicable things knowing they'd be on the wrong side of history. The bad guys never know that they're the bad guys. They think themselves the champions of justice. Usually the ones who try to inflate their own egos along the way turn out to be the ones who are wrong, Agrippa. So choose to be on God's side of history. That has never failed, ever. For millennia upon millennia, people have been opposed to Christianity. The Ottoman Empire tried to wipe out Christianity. The Byzantine Empire tried to wipe out Christianity. The Tokugawa Shogogun tried to wipe out Christianity. Over and over again, it has failed. The French Revolutionaries tried to wipe out Christianity. The Soviet Union tried to wipe out Christianity. The North Korean dictator family tried to wipe out Christianity. And none of them has succeeded. None of them will. All of these who adhere to Christianity under the thumbs of dictators past have emerged victorious, have inherited an eternal kingdom future with a clear conscience before God, knowing that they they adhere to their testimony in Christ. So can you, Seattle Christian, do at least the same? Emerge with your testimony intact. Paul did it under this kind of pressure. He saw through the pomp and circumstance. You see through the pomp and the circumstance. See the virtue signaling for what it is. It's just like Agrippa with all of his fanfare. None of it matters, none of it's real. What matters is God and his word and his gospel. Stay strong, Christian. It's the book of Acts. It's just like what's happening today. Let's live out our gospel testimonies together. Are you ready? Go.